Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Mick Mixon will join us live from Carolina Panthers mandatory minicamp in about 60 minutes. Rex Hoggard on this week's U.S. Open from the Golf Channel in about 90 minutes. Joining us now, a member of the College Football Hall of Fame and a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The latter opened in 1963. It now has more than 300 members, including our guest Mike Haynes. And until recently, everyone who was alive and able-bodied who was invited as a new inductee was there for the ceremonies. Terrell Owens is a part of the class of 2018, along with Ray Lewis and Brian Dawkins and Randy Moss and other luminaries. But T.O. says, no thanks. I'm not even going to be there for my big day. Mike Haynes is a Super Bowl champion and a nine-time Pro Bowler. Those are the kind of things that get you into Halls of Fame. Mike, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great. Got a lot to talk about, right? Oh, no doubt about it. It feels like 95% of the time we're just celebrating positive things when it comes to the Hall of Fame stories. Great speeches, great men, great careers, etc. What were your initial thoughts when T.O. said, uh, thanks for finally inducting me, but uh, I'm not going to be there later this year? Well, I, I you know, immediately was thinking, what happened? You know, um, what happened? Why is he so sour on the Hall of Fame? And I haven't really talked to anyone, uh, and, and, and I'm wondering if it's because he wasn't a first ballot. He's, he thought he was dissed or something. But you know how many players feel like they got dissed by not going <laughs> to the Hall of Fame on their first, first time? Um, I hope it's not that, but I definitely want to get to the bottom of it because he's on my team now, you know. Right. Um, we're all on the same team. We're, we're all, we all wear the same jacket. We're the same ring. Have the same um, things uh, to be proud about and that we achieved in our life. And I, I just want him to enjoy it the way it's meant to be enjoyed. And I'm not really sure why he's not going, but if, if there's a way to talk to him about it uh, and change his mind, uh, I, I live out here in Southern California. Uh, I'd love to have an opportunity to talk to him about it because he's just joined a great team, a great fraternity, and I'd hate to see him be soured on it, especially um, when we're not the guys that vote. The guys who yep. are in the Hall of Fame, we don't have a vote. We're not the ones that said, T.O., you, you don't deserve to be in uh, on the first ballot. We're going to make you wait or whatever it is. You know, um, so so uh, – so anyway, I, I need to get to the bottom of it because I feel a little odd talking about it without knowing how he really feels and what, what has really gotten his decision. I don't know if you saw Steve Young now with ESPN and, of course, one of your fellow Hall of Famers. He had a really emotional plea to T.O. where he actually used the words, I beg you to reconsider this decision. And he went into some of the details that you're sort of referring to just about how much fun the whole festivities are beyond the speeches and even beyond, you know, the televised portion of it. Steve Young was wondering whether T.O. realizes, you know, there's there's quality time with fellow Hall of Famers away from the cameras and microphones. And, you know, if you're mad at the media or you're mad at somebody else, the voters, as you said, uh, you're also, you know, kind of taking it out on some of the wrong people. What can you tell us about the rest of those festivities in Canton, Ohio? Because maybe T.O. isn't aware of all that goes on on his induction weekend. Well, it's a community. I mean, it is like our town. I can't even tell you how how important that is um it starts for them um you know probably uh, with the with the uh, super bowl when they're picking the new hall of famers yeah um it's an unbelievable amount of volunteers uh, i've had so many um interesting situations happen there 
where people opened up stores, you know, I, I'd like a, a jacket, a, a button popped off my Hall of Fame jacket, and it was on a weekend, and all the stores are closed and everything, and I said, gosh, I took my jacket downstairs. Is there somebody can sew a, jack, a button off my, <laughs> my jacket? Um, they made a few phone calls. They rushed down to some cleaners, and uh, uh, a guy who owned the cleaning uh, cleaners uh, opened up and showed me a bunch of stuff and put and sewed my button on. I mean, it's it's like the whole town. They bend over backwards uh, during the week of the ceremonies because it, they want us to come back uh, every year. And with all the development that's going on back there, which he may – I think he went back there. He's been back there already once. Um, there's, they're building the Hall of Fame Village, and it's a lot of things are going up there for um, you know things in the future um, that he will want to be part of. He, he's not going to want to uh, not be – part of what's going on there at the hall of fame and be with his alumni now now with his his brothers really i mean we're all one and so you know we have players that have you know done crazy things uh, that have broken the law have done different things that they're um embarrassed about but we still embrace them we still love them we still work with them to try and do whatever it is they want to try and achieve in their lifetime uh and uh, you know he's he's a special athlete um, obviously you can see the same passion he has uh, when he gets mad. <laughs> he has it when he's happy. And we'd love to see a happy T.O. doing great things in the world. Mike Haynes is joining us. Wouldn't it have been fun to see Mike Haynes defend T.O. or Randy Moss, <laughs> for that matter? You can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Haynes NFL. Great player for the Patriots and the Raiders. He was there earlier this year, in fact, when John Gruden was announced as the new head coach of the Raiders. So he remains involved in many ways, Hall of Fame, Raiders, and otherwise. He also happens to be a prostate cancer survivor. June is Men's Health Month, Mike. And on all of your visits here on the David Glenn Show over the years, you have had some important reminders to your fellow Americans about smart things to do, especially as they get older. What's your main message here during Men's Health Month? The main message is a lot of men are going to get prostate cancer in their lifetime. You need to know if it runs in your family. If it runs in your family, then you want to have a discussion with your doctor probably in your early 40s. If it doesn't run in your family, you can wait to your mid-50s. But most men are going to die with, W-I-T-H, with <laughs> prostate cancer, mm. not from prostate cancer. Um, but if you, it, it is a cancer that you have to be watching because uh, it is treatable, but you want to catch it in the early stages uh, while, you know, when it is easily treatable. So that's really what the message is. The, um, you know, we've been doing this our 10th year now, uh, and um, you know, things have gotten better. Now there's one in nine men that will be diagnosed with prostate cancer, about the same amount of men as women. But a lot of men don't know where the prostate is. They don't know what the prostate does. Uh, they don't know a symptom of prostate cancer. But all these same men, they know what breasts are. They know a symptom of breast cancer. You know, and, and so we need to try and educate men. That's what we're doing. We're trying to educate men so when they find out that they have this disease, that they deal with it when it's easily treatable. Mike Haynes is joining us. It was 10 years ago when a screening at a prostate cancer awareness event right there at the Pro Football Hall of Fame eventually contributed to saving Mike. We might not have Mike to talk to were it not for that event 10 years ago. Mike Haynes, Super Bowl champion and nine-time Pro Bowler, joining us here on the David Glenn Show.
Recently, I, I think of the Raiders as sort of your Raiders. I know you wore more than one uniform, but your Raiders are in this weird process of moving to Las Vegas. I wonder, after reading that some Raiders employees have already moved to Vegas, now I know we have one more season of the Raiders uh, before they get to Vegas. What are your thoughts on that transition, especially coming out of a hockey season where Las Vegas really embraced the Golden Knights all the way to the Stanley Cup final? It seems like there's a lot of good vibes uh, as that embraces being a pro sports city at this level for the first time. Well, I've been there quite a few times um, since the announcement that they're going, and um, they are stoked. They are really excited about having the Raiders. I, I really feel um, yeah, mixed feelings about them leaving. Because I'm, I grew up in Southern California, yeah. played for the Raiders in Los Angeles. I was okay with them going from Oakland to L.A. and L.A. back to Oakland and maybe back again to L.A. I'd be happy with that. That works for me. Um, but um, that didn't, that's not what happened, and I, I wanted to keep them in California. But my concern now that they're in Las Vegas is that they could lose home field advantage because, you know, people go to Las Vegas for a lot of different reasons from around the globe. And I could imagine, like, say, people coming from Mexico City, and they're going to be in Las Vegas. They're going to catch an NFL game. They may not be Raider fans. Yeah. In Mexico City, maybe they would be. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, but from some remote place in the world, they, they come to Las Vegas to have a good time and they have a chance to see a football game. They go to the game. They just check it out. But they're not really rooting for either team. You know, and so uh, I, I would hate for that to happen. Uh, but I could easily see it happening. And I don't know if it's preventable. Um, uh, but th that's my concern for the Raiders. But the fans there are awesome. They're, as you said, with the hockey, they've already embraced sports there, pro sports there. Uh, and I was there for a couple of events, um, just one about maybe two or three weeks ago, a little golf outing uh, at this um, uh, little golf place where you hit into targets. You've probably seen on TV yeah, yeah. those shows. Um, and so uh, we, we were there at an, at an event like that, Tim Brown, Cliff Branch, a whole bunch of uh, former uh, Raider players. And it had a, we had a great turnout and got a chance to meet a lot of folks, the mayor. Um, they they love the Raiders already. I think many of them loved the Raiders before they um, were coming to their town. Uh, so it's. I think it's going to be a good marriage when it happens, and I think the NFL will be happy about it. I just, uh, you know, just hope that the Raiders don't lose their home field advantage. That's my only concern. Come August at the Hall of Fame event, even if T.O. does not change his mind, you might be in for some interesting speeches. Have you ever given advice or heard the best advice for, uh, you know, what can become an iconic moment? If you do the right or wrong thing, it can be just sort of attached to you forever. We have Brian Dawkins, who's a charismatic guy, right? I mean, Ray Lewis, there's no, there's no telling what he might say while he's up there. What, what's the best advice you've ever given or received when it comes to those speeches? Um, just whatever you're going to say or whatever you plan to say, have it written down. <laughs> you know, don't, don't stand up there and try and shoot from the hip. You know, what yes. a lot of guys do, like, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to speak from my heart. <laughs> no, oh boy, here we go. You know, um, and, and when they start with, uh, I first started playing football in the, you know, third grade. Oh man. And then you go from the third grade to the fourth grade, all the way through, you know, to college um, you know, those are long, long uh, events, and we've seen that happen uh, many, many times. And uh, the, the, the Hall of Fame is doing a great job of uh, trying to condense those speeches uh, and take advantage of the time. And, and, you know, especially when you have a big class, this is a big class going in. Um, but the, the best advice is write your speech down yeah. uh, and, 
you know, and and and, and just try to try to stay on uh, on topic and don't get off don't get sidetracked it's funny that's the same exact advice i have given as a best man at wedding receptions to to others who take that role <laughs> you know yeah. if you really try to just shoot from the hip speak from the heart i mean some people may be able to pull that off but nine times out of ten it leads to the worst most rambling best men speeches ever uh last thing for mike haynes as we thank him for his visit remember to check out facebook.com slash know your stats or follow on twitter know your stats also the hashtag know your stats mike has helped save a lot of people from dying of prostate cancer by raising awareness about the details that could impact you or me um as as we thank you for your time and let you go there are several nfl stars right now who are refusing to report to mandatory minicamp uh, the seattle seahawks safety earl thomas is one atlanta falcons wide receiver julio jones is one david johnson the running back in arizona is another one are you more old school hey man you signed the contract you got to show up if you still have time remaining on your contract or are you more new school hey, it's a violent game. These guys have ha, have only so much leverage, and this is how they can get the, their deals renegotiated. Well, I always say there's a consequence, you know, and um, there's a consequence to those kind of things. But um, for me, when I was uh, on the Patriots, I think I held out every single contract year. <laughs> so um, when I was with the Raiders, I didn't hold out. Um, didn't didn't really have to. They started negotiating early before my deal was ever done. But the Patriots, that wasn't the case. And the the you know, the bad thing about holding out is that if the team, if you're not there when the season starts and the team starts to lose, you know, you feel like the more uh, if they lose, that helps your right. negotiations. Uh, but unfortunately, that may also knock you out of a playoff opportunity. You know. Uh, and so, you know, there's a consequence. So it, I would like to think that holding out at this early stage puts pressure on the team to get the deal done. If they're really serious about winning, they want that player in camp and, and uh, t- you know, talking to the young players and getting everybody focused on the same thing at the same time and doing great things. Um, it's, it's not a good thing when guys are holding out. Nobody really wins. Uh, and for me, I held out, you know, I think three different times, and I'm sure – I wouldn't. I don't know if we even made the playoffs any of those times because of you know me not being signed. Now, in your case, when you were holding out, that was because you did not have a contract, or because you didn't like the terms remaining on your contract. No, I, I had played out my contract, and we didn't have free agency. In right. All right. Right. Okay. So that's different because no. these guys have years remaining on their deals, and they're not showing up at mandatory minicamp. Like Earl Thomas has one more year left on a four-year, forty million dollar deal but he doesn't want to play that last year without a contract extension. So I, your holdout to me is different. You didn't have a contract. That's one thing. Right. These guys right. are un- under contract, and they've just gotten to the latter portion of the contract and said, I'm not sure I'm gonna, willing to play that last year or two under those terms, so I'm going to hold out unless you give me a better deal. That, that to me, is kind of a different animal. You, your holdout, I don't think anybody would have blamed you for that. Maybe they did at the time, but uh, if you don't have a contract, well, it, I get it. Yeah, I didn't want to do anything to hurt my team and my teammates. And yeah. I would think that neither do they, uh, neither do these guys. And so we have to really wait and see. Once, If they don't have a deal and they're not in training camp and it looks like they're going to miss the season, then, you know, that's a horrible consequence, I think. Um, but um, but I, I can't put myself in their shoes because, yeah. you know, I don't know what their exact situation is. 
Um, but um, I, I hope that all those deals are worked out. Mike Haynes, I really hope Terrell Owens calls you at some point. I, I know, I'm calling. I'm going to look to call him. <laughs> I know we'll talk to you again from Canton this year, but you're just, a, you're just a level-headed guy with a lot of words of wisdom in health and in life. So I, I hope T.O. will lend you his ear because uh, only good things can happen if he does. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for the time on the David Glenn Show, as always. All right, Dave. Thank you, you, man. You got it. Mike Haynes on Twitter at Mike Haynes NFL, Super Bowl champion, nine-time Pro Bowler, college football Hall of Famer, pro football Hall of Famer, and a guy whose life may have been saved by a prostate cancer awareness event 10 years ago in Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He wants that life-saving message to get through to as many others as possible. Facebook.com slash Know Your Stats or on Twitter at Know Your Stats.